0: good morning everybody great to see you today welcome to you online and before we open up god's word this morning i just want to say a few words about this crazy political season that we're in and about voter registration according to the studies that i've heard something like 40 percent of evangelical christians are not even registered to vote you know the bible commands us to be good citizens and to me that means we're praying for our governing authorities and we're being responsible to vote for people whose values align with our own biblical values. Proverbs says, speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And I believe that we're going to be held accountable for uh, doing our duty of participating in the process. And so for me personally, a couple of the most important issues on the ballot this year are protecting the lives of the unborn and our religious freedom as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, Many many important issues, but those two are sort of on the top of of my own personal list. And so I want to introduce you to uh, our six-month-old granddaughter. This is America Piper Michelle. I hope you can read the title of her book. Yeah. (laughs) You can see she agrees with me, right? Actually, her daddy is very uh, excited about politics. And uh, I'm just showing you this to uh, encourage you, do your part, please, to be informed biblically and to vote when the time comes. If you aren't registered to vote, we have a table down in the lower foyer today. You can stop by, pick up a voter registration form. There's also some biblical uh, um, voters' guides down there that we'd love to pass out to you as well. Both of those are also available on our website. They'll be there about Wednesday this week. So you can also go to the website this week if you forget to stop by there. And just click on the the website and uh, register to vote or or, uh, download one of those um, voter guides as well. So again, all of this is completely nonpartisan. We're just trying to make it easy for you to be involved as Christians. Be good, biblical uh, Christians. So please join me in doing your part. All right, today we are finishing up our four-week vision series, Love God, Love People. The last three weeks have focused on more of the present, what's going on right now. Today I want to talk to you about a vision for the future. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this, there is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under heaven. Jackie and I have been praying for several years about the right time for me to transition from my role as senior pastor of Lake City and that's what I want to talk to you about today. You know, the Bible has many examples of transitions of people in leadership roles, and that sort of made it hard for me to pick one. I was kind of looking at the different possibilities. For example, there's the transition from Moses to Joshua, and that's a great passage on transition, except Moses had to die in that process, so I decided to avoid that one. (laughs) Then there's an example of the prophet Elijah passing it on to uh, the prophet Elisha, and I like that one much better after all. Elijah got to go to heaven in the chariot of fire. You know, that was pretty cool. I think that would be really neat. But again, it still doesn't quite fit my situation. The one that seems most apropos to me is the example of the early church in Acts chapter 13. And so I invite you to grab a Bible and open up to Acts chapter 13. Turn on your phone, your app, grab a Bible at home, and look at Acts 13.1 with me. Also, it would be a great time to... Grab sermon notes if you're in the building, they're on the tables, right outside the doors. You can grab those if you like, or again, they're on your app on your phone. And uh, the sermon notes are always helpful to follow along. And the title of my message today is Our Antioch Moment. And the reason for it is that sometimes there's just Antioch moments in the history of a church that need to be addressed. And I got that term, Antioch moment, from Acts 13, where the leaders of the church in Antioch have gathered to worship and pray, evidently in the hope that God would speak and give clear guidance to them. The church in Antioch was at a point in their history where they needed a word from God about the next crucial step for them. And I doubt that they realized exactly what the Holy Spirit would say to them or how monumental that step would be for them. We'll come back to that in just a minute. But I want to remind you of the context before we open up Acts 13. The book of Acts is the history of the early church. The church began in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost and then spread to other cities from there. In fact, there's at least 40 different cities mentioned by name in the book of Acts. And one of the most important important cities mentioned was Antioch which is some 300 miles north of Jerusalem. Antioch was the third largest city of the Roman Empire in that day. In Acts, it's called Antioch of Syria. There's a couple of different Antiochs, but we're talking about Antioch of Syria. And because of shifting boundary lines over the years, it's actually today, it's part of eastern Turkey. We visited Antioch about 10 years ago on one of the footsteps of Paul Tours, and it's a fascinating place to see Now, at first, when the church began, Jerusalem was the center of Christianity. But what Acts describes for us as as we go through the book of Acts is the shift up north to the city of Antioch as the new center. You see, after Stephen was stoned, we read about that in Acts 7, many disciples fled, and they fled north to Antioch to escape the persecution. I want to read for you Acts 11, beginning at verse 19. And in my Bible, the heading of this section is the church in Antioch. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenes or Greeks, also. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So that's the context of what we're going to be reading today. We're going to be reading in Acts chapter 13, but this describes that beginning of the church in Antioch. And that sets the stage for the original Antioch moment that we are reading today. We're reading about this very important transitional point in the Church of Antioch. And I'd like you to just listen as I read it for you now beginning at Acts 131 and this will be on the screen. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Let's pray. Bow with me, please. Lord, we thank you for your holy inspired word. And this section about... Uh, This transitional moment for the church of Antioch, God, please open our hearts and our ears to hear what applies to us today. Please bless the teaching of your word as we meditate on it now in Jesus name. Amen. So I have four observations that I want to share with you from this passage. And as you'll see, they are all relevant to our own Antioch moment. Observation one, God reveals his purposes to leaders God reveals his purposes to leaders. In verse 1, Dr. Luke, the author of Acts, gives us the names of five leaders of the church in that city. Saul, number one, who became the Apostle Paul, and then four other prophets and teachers from various countries. Listen, God normally leads his church through leaders whom he appoints to shepherd his church. And the equivalent today for our church would be the elders and pastoral team of Lake City. They are the shepherds and the servants of God's people, as Jesus makes very plain. They serve by leading and by teaching primarily. And they are not to lead in our own wisdom, we're not to lead in our own wisdom, but by the wisdom and by the word of the Lord. God regularly reveals his purpose for his church through the leaders he gives to his church especially those who humbly listen to their people as well as to the Lord. By the way, please notice that God revealed his purposes for the church at Antioch while they were fasting and praying together. God's people had come together for worship with this focused and earnest intensity about seeking the Lord. And that is exactly when the Holy Spirit spoke to them. My guess is that they were intentionally seeking the guidance of God in their lives. Lord Jesus, what's next for us? What more do you have for us here in And God revealed his purposes to them. So the Holy Spirit said, verse 2, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Observation number 2. The leadership transition that God led them through was not easy. The transition God led them through wasn't easy. Those leaders sought the Lord and he answered them, but it might not have been what they wanted to hear. They might not have liked it at first. You see, of the five leaders, Barnabas and Saul were the most prominent. They would have left a big hole in the ministry there and the other leaders would have been burdened with much more work to do, but they obeyed the Lord and they trusted God to make up the difference. In other words, this was not easy for the church, but it was good for the church. And it was incredibly fruitful because it was God's doing. Observation number three. The leadership changes were not mainly leavings and losings, but rather deployings and commissionings. Deployings and commissionings. So Saul and Barnabas stayed connected to the church of Antioch. It was their home base. They went on missionary journeys and they brought back reports of their missions. In other words, they were still very much part of this church. And similarly, the way that the elders and I see the matter of my succession is not when am I leaving, but how and when will God deploy me as part of Lake City? I have said to you for years that I do not believe in retirement, I don't see it anywhere in the Bible. And so I believe that God has given me simply a new assignment. And in my case, rather than moving off to another place, I believe God wants me and my family to stay right here and to continue to be part of the pastoral team at Lake City. So it's much more a matter of redeploying in a new mission. And we'll come back to that in just a few moments. But observation number four is this. God was faithful to the church as they went through transition. God was faithful to this church in transition. The church of Antioch was there for Barnabas and Saul when they returned from each of their journeys, and God was very faithful to the church as well through their transition. And in fact, this very church endured for centuries and was the mother of such great giants as Chrysostom and Ignatius, early church fathers. All right. Let's move now from this original Antioch moment and consider Lake City's Antioch moment. Lake City's Antioch moment. And the place to begin, I believe, is to look at God's faithfulness to us as a church. God's faithfulness. Lake City was 97 years old this year. In January of 1923, a group of 43 men and women and boys and girls met to form a Sunday school and a missionary society called Lindehant. That was certainly an Antioch moment for this church. In July of that same year, they broke ground for the beginning of the first church structure, which was called Holt Chapel. And for nearly 100 years, God has been incredibly faithful to this church through many, many transitions. Just imagine all of the Antioch moments in 97-year-old church has gone through. Let me recount a few of them for you. The Antioch moment in 1950, when the church began construction on the new sanctuary building, where we worshipped for years and which is now our gathering area in the children's lobby below. The Antioch moment in 1955, when the church decided to support its first missionaries, Canon Gloria Raddick, who served with SIM. The Antioch moment in 1962, when the sanctuary was severely burned by fire. And the church had to move to a temporary location while it was being rebuilt. The Antioch Moments, both times, Lake City sent out groups of people to start new church plants. In 1976, roughly, uh, Sunset Bible Church began in a University Place, and in 1999, a group went from here to start New Bridge Community Church in Lacey. How about the Antioch Moment back in 2001? This is one I remember when we had to decide whether to embark on a building campaign and expand our facilities by adding our new foyer and the gymnasium or the youth center. In the Antioch moment just a few years ago, when we had to decide whether or not we were going to keep doing four services every weekend in the old auditorium or whether we were going to build a new and larger worship center. God, I'm I'm so glad that God allowed us to uh, build this facility and the... uh, The classrooms below it, and by the way, the classrooms below us right now got started last Monday and are under construction and should be done by Christmas. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So all of those Antioch moments I just listed don't even include the Antioch moments of calling 11 senior pastors over our 97-year history. Here's a little chart that illustrates God's faithfulness to this body over those years. Listen, beloved, God has been so faithful to Lake City. He's been amazingly good to us. We are definitely not a perfect church. We have many, many weaknesses and flaws. We're a bunch of sinful saints, not glorified saints by far. But God has taken great care of us for the last 97-plus years. And in those years, there have been 11 senior pastors. And each and every one of those transitions... God showed himself faithful through. And I mention all of these Antioch moments today because every single one of them had its challenges. And each one of them demonstrates the faithfulness of God to us. Leadership transition is always hard. Each one of them is an Antioch moment, so to speak. And that is why for the past couple of years, behind the scenes, the elders of our church have been praying and wrestling with this present one. And that brings me to our upcoming transition, this transition we're looking at now. And I know this could be a bit of a surprise to some people. I apologize for that. You know, for obvious reasons, it's not the kind of thing that a pastor can just talk to everybody about. Um, But we've been very deliberate and prayerful as a leadership team, and I want to share with you some of the process that has been going on to lead to this decision. For the last several years, I've been sensing the Lord kind of speaking to my heart and telling me, you know, it's time to think about passing the baton to a younger senior pastor. Jackie and I have actually been processing that and talking about it and praying about our future a lot. And I initiated this conversation with the elders about two years ago. And the board and I began to discuss it and to pray extensively about it together. A little bit, though, about why I've been thinking about it, I've been talking to several pastor friends over the last few years who I've observed go through this similar transition, getting ready to retire, how they passed the baton, what worked, what didn't, getting their advice. I've been reading some books about the subject that have been recommended to me. And I even went to a leadership summit where this was one of the subjects. You see, for the last four or five years or so, I've sort of sensed this gradual decline in my energy level, both physically and emotionally. For example, it just takes longer and longer to recover from preaching each weekend several times. Believe me, I, I believe that now that I'm 67 and I'll be 68 when I'm talking about making this transition, that the timing is perfect. Of course, one of the biggest reasons for this decision is to have more time with Jackie, my wife, and with our children and grandchildren. We have five children now and ten grandkids, and we really look look forward to having more time to invest in their lives and to support them and be involved. Listen, I feel so blessed to have had the privilege of serving you as a senior pastor for the last 20 plus years. You are such a loving church family, and God has been so good to bring the Kenningtons to be with you for so long. And there is never a good time to step down as a senior pastor, but. God has led us to decide that this is that time or coming near that time, and also that our church stands on a good foundation to make this change right now. And so I brought this up to the elders a couple of years ago, and then during the spring of 2019, we read a book together as a leadership team called Next, Pastoral Succession That Works by William Vander Blumen. And one of the illustrations in the book next that really, really resonated with me was a book about a relay race. Now, I'm not a runner, not much of a runner at all, but this uh, illustration about relay races uh, really resonated. And he mentioned in, in the book, in this illustration, how often pastors try to hang on too long as they're slowing down and as they're declining and how detrimental that can be to a ministry. He said, the ideal scenario is to pass the baton to the next man while you're still running strong and without losing momentum for the team. And that really spoke to my heart. And so we hired the Vander Blumen Search Group to consult with us as a leadership team. They are a recruitment firm that specializes in assisting churches with pastoral transitions. And we hired them to consult us, and to give us their professional advice. They started working with the elders in the summer of 2019. Last September, a year ago now, they sent a consultant to spend several days with us. He came to services. He met in person with our elders and with our pastors and key staff and ministry leaders. He also, we also formed a focus group for him to meet with of a dozen members of the congregation, and they kept that in confidence. And then from september of 2019 until july 2020 the elders have been engaged in prayer and discussion over this upcoming transition in june i informed the elders that i thought the best time for me to transition from full-time to part-time would be next july so july 1st 2021 and the process culminated with the board in august of 2020 just recently When the elders made the recommendation to pass the baton to our beloved Tom Lee. Tom Lee and Debbie Lee. Amen. So what I'm saying is I'm not just stepping down from senior pastor, but we have a recommendation of who to take over for me. God's gracious provision for us is in our brother Tom. I'm super excited that God has prepared a man right here in our own church family, our own congregation, who has the heart, the leadership ability, and the relationships with our church family that we need to take us from here. And I have great confidence that Tom is the right man. And I'm also excited at the prospect of being able to stay around in a part-time role and support Tom and add stability to this transition season. The goal of the elders, as we've been praying about this and talking about it, is to ensure the passing of this baton, that it happens with great unity and without a loss of momentum for our church. So if the congregation, if you approve this proposal at a congregational meeting in October, then we're going to begin a transition process led by a transition task force made up of pastors and elders and ministry leaders and members of the congregation, and the proposal will be if if you approve it Uh, that Tom will regain or rejoin the elder board in November coming in January that he'll join our pastoral team in a part-time role and continue taking seminary classes and then next July July 1 2021 Tom will receive the mantle as senior pastor and I will take an extended sabbatical something like a three-month sabbatical and get away and let you begin to look to him as our new senior leader. And then after sabbatical, the plan is for me to return in a part-time pastor emeritus role. And most likely, my duties will include include things like teaching classes, men's leadership classes, and being part of the preaching team, and leading Holy Land tours, and mentoring Tome, the first season of that transition, and doing mission trips and things like that. And by the way, today... Uh, we have put up on our website a nice senior pastor transition section uh, on our website, lc3.com. I invite you to go there after you leave today, and you can read all about this and much, much more, Okay, including a nice bio uh, that, that we have about Tom and about our recommendation for him to replace me. This transition section also has a lengthy FAQ, Frequently Answered Question section, that answers many questions that I I'm guessing you might have. So at this time, it's my pleasure to invite Randy Madsen up here and welcome Randy. Randy is the uh, chairman of our elder board, and I just want to say thank you personally to Randy for doing such a great job this past year stepping in as elder chairman and uh, leading this this season so well. So love you, brother, and uh, God bless you.
1: Good morning. Remarked at the last couple of services. I think at this point it'd be easier to be up here singing a solo rather than, uh, than doing this. But pretty comfortable by now. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Randy Madsen. My wife, Becky, and I have been attending Lake City Community Church for over 21 years. And I stand now before you because I have the very humbling privilege of serving as the uh, board chairman uh, for our elders talk about a defining and significant moment how do we come up with a plan and carry it out to replace pastor jim we have such a great respect and deep appreciation and love for pastor jim's leadership amen our church has a unique and strong dna in part because we have a pastor who is dedicated to preaching the truth of the word of God and emphasizing the importance of being a praying church. The result? We are healthy in the areas that are vital to the mission and commission of Jesus Christ and have grown steadily over the last 20 years. On average, this defies what's happening in the American church today. The Bible says in Proverbs fifteen twenty two, without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. Shortly after that piece of King Solomon's wisdom comes Proverbs sixteen three. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. As Pastor Jim mentioned, for almost an entire year the elders worked, prayed, studied, and wrestled with this. Why was this so hard? Was this worthy of all the time before the Lord and the many, many elder discussions and debates? The answer is most certainly and emphatically yes. It was daunting to say the least, although the fervent prayer and by committing our plan to the Lord is what we would want to do to have his plan succeed. Only by submitting to his will would we make this plan his Lake City Community Church always has and always will belong to Jesus Christ. He will continue to provide our next pastors, and yes, I meant that plural. As Pastor Jim mentioned, excuse me, with the help of the Vanderbloemen Organization and after an exhausting look at every facet and possibility as to how to proceed, we were able to discern that our best opportunity comes from an internal candidate, our own family. And with this in mind, the Board of Elders have agreed to move forward, as Pastor Jim said, recommending Tom Lee as our candidate. We are so excited to put before you somebody that the Lord has provided from within our own family who can take the baton and shepherd Lake City Community Church into the next chapter of God's story right here in Lakewood. He is our candidate. We've known Tom and been able to watch him grow in his faith and shepherd his people for the last 17 years. That just doesn't happen. What a great opportunity. So you may be thinking, did the elders make this decision for us? Quite the contrary. The only decision that's been made is to present him to you as our candidate and for him to go through a type of candidating process and then for the members of Lake City Community Church to vote. For those of you who know Tom and know him well, you are most likely to vote right now, but you don't get to do that. For those of you who do not know him well, we're going to give you several opportunities to do just that. First, we schedule a town hall meeting on Monday, October 5th, the week from Monday, at 7 o'clock right here for that express purpose. Come and hear Tom's heart. Come and hear how he has prepared. Come and see how God has prepared him. Come and hear how he envisions the future of this church, LC3. In case you cannot make it to the first town hall or you want to hear more, we'll also be scheduling a second one and we'll let you know that date very soon. Tom will also be in the preaching uh, rotation during our fall series in the month of October. Before the special meeting, when you can, cast your vote. As Pastor Jim mentioned, we've also formed a Senior Pastor Transition Task Force for the purpose of giving you more avenues to express your thoughts, any concerns, and for getting any questions answered that you may have. The task force will also interact with our various ministries, and we've got a lot of them, and will give feedback to Tom and Pastor Jim during this time, and most importantly, be prayer warriors for the succession process. Their names are listed in the FAQs that's posted now on the Senior Pastor Transition page on our website. Reach out to the ones you know if you have any questions or would like to discuss. Finally, we are imploring each and every one of you to pray for God's clear and perfect will in this matter, that he would strengthen us in our unity and in our continuing quest to love God, love the world, and to love each other. May God richly bless you. As Pastor Jim mentioned in the sermon notes, number three is God's provision. And hopefully, after hearing our comments, you have a good idea, as we do, that God has provided us with a terrific candidate. Now, we want to give you a chance to hear from that candidate himself. Lake City Community Church, please welcome Tom Lee.
2: This is the uh, third service we've announced this, and I'm still overwhelmed um, and feeling so many emotions, as you can imagine. First, um, like you I am grieving the thought of Pastor Jim transitioning to a part-time role. Uh, He has been a father figure to me and a mentor, and I don't know anyone else who's had a more significant impact on my faith than Pastor Jim. Uh, And the thought of him transitioning, um, I grieve that like all of you. Second, I feel incredibly humbled um, by the decision of the elder board. My, My brothers on the elder board, they deeply love God and they deeply love you and this church and want to do right by you. And so I'm humbled and grateful that for their trust and confidence in me. Third, I'm keenly aware of the tremendous weight of the responsibility of being a senior pastor. Hebrews thirteen seventeen tells us that I will answer before the very throne of God for my leadership of the church. And the thought of that is properly terrifying as it ought to be. Lastly, uh, I'm incredibly excited by the potential opportunity. Um, Lake city was the first church that felt like home to me and the first church where the people felt like family. And so if the congregation were to approve me, it would be a dream for me to be able to do what I love to do for and with the people that I deeply love. Um, whatever happens, you know, Debbie and I are just taking this step of faith and trusting a sovereign God in this process. I know that many of you would want to know more about me and hear more about my story and my faith testimony and so on, Uh, but now is not the time for that. Now is the time to celebrate God's faithfulness over the last century at Lake City and to recognize and celebrate the impact of a pastor. Whoever succeeds him would be grateful, lucky to have even a portion of the impact that Pastor Jim has had. Um, We do have a town hall scheduled on October 5th, as Randy mentioned. There, you'll be able to hear more from me and ask me questions. Um, In addition to that, over the next several weekends, I will be available at all three services before and after. So feel free to grab me for questions or schedule time with me. I would love to chat with you. Um, Know that I love you deeply, deeply, and trust God in this. Now back to Pastor Jim.
0: Quite a variety of emotions uh, in my heart right now, and, uh, but I'm thankful for uh, God's grace through this process. We'll be able to share it with you today. I want to mention four next steps for you to prayerfully consider with me as I wrap it up. Number one is this: I want to encourage you to trust God to reveal His purposes for Lake City through its leadership. Trust God to reveal His purposes. Through its leaders. Ultimately, we don't trust people, though. We trust God Himself. He is our chief shepherd, He is the Lord of this church. But the Lord normally works through the leaders that He has appointed. And in our case, it's the elders who are called upon to make such a recommendation. Next step two is I will fast and pray for this coming transition. Fast and pray for this transition. The most important thing you can do to help this transition be smooth and be honoring to the Lord is to fast and pray. Not everyone has the health to consider fasting or the inclination, I understand that, but even if you don't, you can at least pray. Pray for the Lord to prepare your own heart, pray for the Lord to guide us as a church family, pray for unity as we walk through this transition, pray with your friends and your family your small groups, and your prayer partners. That is so important. Next step three is I will participate in the upcoming town hall October 5th, and it will be in person, live, but it will also be uh, simulcast on uh, Facebook Live, streamed on Facebook Live. And after the town hall, by the way, you'll have a chance if you're uh, watching online to uh, text questions in as well, so we'll get you more information about how to do that. And then after the town hall, we will mail out balanced ballots to the members of Lake City for the vote on the proposal for Tom to be our next senior pastor when I step down in July. So just please plan to participate in all of that. And then next step, number four, I will participate in the upcoming special meeting on October, whatever the date is. We haven't determined that date, but it'll be sometime later in October. It's where you can... Last chance or to, to ask any questions and, that, and then a vote is scheduled that night and e- either in person or uh, by mail. So that, that meeting will be streamed on Facebook live as well. So thanks for the chance to uh, share my heart with you today and explain the transition that God has been working in my heart and our lives uh, for some time now and i'm going to turn it over to Pastor David now to just uh, say a few words and close us in prayer. Thank you, David.
3: Thanks, Pastor Jim and Randy and Tome. Uh, before I pray, let me just share a couple of thoughts. Uh, by the way, if you've not met me, David Pritchard, I'm the pastor of Family Ministries and small groups. And uh, our family's been coming to Lake City since 2001. And, uh, you know, 10 years ago when I felt the Lord kind of stirring in me, uh, I left something I loved to do because Pastor Jim asked me. Uh, he's been an incredible uh, leader and mentor in my life and I'm so grateful for his impact in my family's life but also uh, at Lake City and uh, you know when I think back to the my uh, when we first moved here and trying to figure out if Lake City was the place one of the things that really impacted me besides meeting Pastor Jim was uh, I found out uh, and have learned more so over the years that our elders are a group of men that pray and they pray a lot. Uh, And that brought great peace to me because ultimately uh, I don't trust a room full of men to make wise decisions. I trust that God is going to work through a room full of men that he's called to make some wise decisions. And over the years I've watched that lived out uh, in the way that they have conducted themselves. And so when I, you know, hear Randy tell me that, Uh, at no time have they prayed any more than they have for this process. That gives me a great peace because I know that God is in this and I'm, you know, I, I'll just echo what's already been said. While I grieve uh, the thought of Pastor Jim uh, stepping out of this role, I'm so excited for my brother Tom uh, to be stepping into this role. And, you know, it's been, uh, this is the third time, and I tear each time when I think of this process and, and what we're going through. And I, and I've also thought each time about uh, new people coming. Like, I know there's been a few that this is their first time. And going, what are they thinking, you know, if this is their first time coming to Lake City? And I hope what you hear is a church that has loved their senior pastor uh, and are grieving that process, but also uh, looking expectantly towards what God has for Lake City in the future. And I hope that has come across as you've uh, witnessed us for the first time. And so with that, I just want to say, uh, Lake City, I love you, and those of you watching online, I love you, and so grateful to be a part of this church family. And if you would, would you join me as uh, we lift this up to the Lord in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do love you, and so grateful for the way that you have watched over Lake City for 97 years. So grateful that we can look back and know and see your hand uh, throughout the years. And certainly over these last 20 plus years that Pastor Jim has been uh, our leader. And uh, God, as we uh, are in this Antioch moment for Lake City, I just pray your continued blessing on Lake City and on our Lake City family Lord, I pray for Pastor Jim, as he walks through this transition for him and his family. It will be different. And so Lord, I just pray that you would uh, just be with him and bless him uh, throughout this process. And Lord, for uh, my brother Tom, I pray God that you would just continue to bless him and his family. Give him a peace that passes all understanding as he considers uh, the, just the magnitude of this, this uh, transition and this process and uh, Lord meet him in this moment as he described this uh, appropriately terrifying moment I just pray God that your Holy Spirit would minister to him for our elders I pray God continued wisdom for them that you would continue to lead and direct them uh, as they continue to uh, pray and listen to you and then Lord for our church family I just pray God that you would be with uh, each and every one Lord I know that for some this is a shock for some this is uh, really hard. Uh, Lord, but for all, uh, God, we are going to all go through a process. And so, Lord, I just pray that you administer to each person and meet them right where they are. Uh, give them everything they need uh, as they go through this uh, this process. Lord, we're grateful that uh, we don't go through this alone, that you promise that you will never leave us or forsake us, and we're grateful for that. So, Lord, thank you. We pray, Lord, that you would be honored Uh, through all of this. And we will give you the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.